Grace and peace to you from our risen Lord Jesus, dear friends. The part of God's Word that we'll take a look at this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 20. I invite you to please stand for our Gospel reading. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Can you relate to Thomas a little bit? Are you someone who has struggled with doubts at times? Maybe someone who struggles with doubts right now? You know, some have suggested that doubts are a good thing for us, that they cause us to grow and stretch as Christians. To approach the Scriptures with a healthy dose of doubt is often seen as kind of enlightened and open-minded. Some will suggest that it even demonstrates a certain amount of humility and that it means that we don't think that we have all of the answers and everything figured out. A while back I came across a quote about doubts that has always kind of stuck with me. Maybe you've heard it. It's from a Presbyterian preacher and author, a guy by the name of Frederick Beekner. He said, Doubts are the ants in the pants of faith. They keep it awake and moving. So are doubts a good thing? Do they help our faith grow stronger? Do they move us closer in our relationship with Jesus or do they drive us farther away? 
These are questions that each one of us has to consider because at one time or another in this sinful world, we're all going to wrestle with some doubts. Thomas certainly did, right? I mean, we call him now Doubting Thomas. And to a certain extent, we can understand where he was coming from. I mean, things were pretty chaotic for Thomas and the first disciples on that very first Easter. There had been a number of trips out to the tomb that morning. Remember Mary Magdalene and the other women went out there. They found the tomb empty. Then Peter and John ran out to see if what the women had told them was actually true. Then Jesus began appearing to some of them, first to Mary alone, then to the other women. Later that day, he appeared to those two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and then finally to the ten disciples, pulled up behind locked doors. But as we heard in our reading, Thomas wasn't there that first Easter evening. We don't know why, but the result was that he was finding all of these reports just too hard to believe. Even after his fellow disciples, those he had worked with and trusted over the last three years, even after they told him that they had seen Jesus with their own eyes, still Thomas replies by saying, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Maybe we kind of wonder, what's wrong with Thomas? I mean, was he kind of put out that Jesus didn't wait until he was present to make that first post-Easter appearance? Did he think that his fellow disciples had been deceived in some way or that they were simply mistaken? Or did he think that these trusted friends were now trying to deceive him? Or maybe, maybe Thomas had been a skeptic all along? But it sure doesn't seem that way. I mean, he had been with Jesus and the other disciples for the past three years. He had witnessed so many of Jesus' miracles. He had heard the predictions that Jesus had made on a number of occasions that he was going to suffer and die and then after three days, rise again. I mean, if ever someone had reason not to doubt, it would have been Thomas. That wasn't the case. He doubted his Lord's resurrection. And I think that we can probably relate. I'm sure that each one of us at one time or another has struggled with some kind of doubt. And you know, it's pretty amazing just how many different things can give rise to these doubts in our hearts. Sometimes maybe we doubt the basis of our personal faith and our relationship with the Lord Jesus. I mean, what do we really have to go on here? We haven't witnessed the many miracles the way that those first disciples did. We've not had the privilege of seeing the risen Lord Jesus with our own eyes. There's a part of us that maybe thinks it would be better if Jesus would do for us what he did for the Apostle Paul, appeal, uh, appear to us personally, 
call us by name and say, you're going to be one of my followers and workers now, then there'd be no doubt, right? But instead, we're often told, you know, just remember your baptism. That's where God called you and made you His own. Or we're encouraged to simply trust the promises that we hear God make in His Word. But at times we're tempted to doubt. Maybe you struggle with doubts at times when it comes to some of the teachings that we find in God's Word. Even though we confess these things to be truth on a regular basis, still our rational minds can find all sorts of reason to question some of these things. Creation might be a prime example. Obviously, we weren't there, so how can we really know? And on top of that, you have evolution presented in this world as fact, as settled science, and so it can give rise to doubt. There are many other things as well. You think about the teaching of the Trinity, three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, yet one God, distinct but never divided. Or what about the eternal nature of God? How can we even begin to comprehend someone or something that has no beginning and no end? Or the two natures of our Savior Jesus. True God from all eternity. But also true man, born in time. Like us in every way, yet without sin. And even the teaching of the resurrection that we celebrate at this time of the year. We've never seen anybody raised from the dead, but we're to believe that Jesus was and that we will be too. At times we doubt. But you know, maybe the worst kinds of doubts are those that come when things take a turn for the worse in this world or in our own lives. When it doesn't seem like God is being who we think He should be, or when we don't see our relationship with Him playing out the way that we think it should. This is often where doubt and fear can intersect. Because if God is not who He claims to be, if our relationship with Him is not what we think it is, then we're in real trouble. And here again, it's amazing how many different things can stoke these doubts and fears in our hearts we start asking ourselves some questions. If God is loving and kind, if He is the one who rules the nations and in fact rules the whole universe, then why do we see things like all of the bloodshed and destruction going on in Ukraine? How do we square that? If God is in control, and if as He promises, He gives special care and attention to His people, then why the cancer? Or why did this baby die? Or why is my marriage falling apart? Why am I struggling with depression? Why do so many of my prayers seem to go unanswered? And we call Thomas the doubter. So are these doubts a good thing? Do they help us grow? in our faith and relationship with Jesus. Is this how God wants us to live? Are they the ants in the pants of our faith that keep it awake and moving? Jesus comes to Thomas and says, stop doubting 
and believe. And don't misunderstand. He's not just hollering at Thomas, saying you need to do better. You need to try harder. You need to believe more fervently. Jesus doesn't come and scold us when we're struggling with doubts. Instead, he comes gently, graciously, to build up that faith that's being assaulted by doubt and fear. Isaiah says it like this, A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Consider how the Lord Jesus dealt with Thomas. He didn't leave him in the dark, but came and appeared to him personally. Jesus didn't need to do that, but in his grace, in his wisdom, he determined that that would be just what was right for Thomas. So he showed him his hands, invited him to reach out and touch his side. He announced to him that word of peace, not just earthly security for some frightened followers, He announced to him the peace that he had secured by his innocent death and his glorious resurrection. This Jesus who was crucified and laid in that tomb was now alive and standing before Thomas. See, that was the proof that God had accepted what he had done. That was the proof that true peace really did now exist between a holy God and sinful people. Jesus announced that peace to his wavering disciples to drive out that doubt and fear and to bolster that faith. And it worked. I mean, look at Thomas's reaction. My Lord, my God. That's faith. He confesses Jesus as Lord and God, not just a good teacher or a great prophet or a fine example, but divine. And not just a Lord and a God, but my Lord, my God. That's faith. To believe that what Jesus did for all, He did for me personally. That's what drives out all doubts and fears. Because that truth is what changes everything. Consider how the Lord Jesus deals with each one of us. He told Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Well, that's us. Those who have not seen the risen Lord with our own eyes and yet we believe because he's come to us through his word. That word gives us the eyewitness testimony of those who saw Jesus alive. He doesn't tell us to just go on blind faith. Now, through the Apostle Peter, he says, we have the prophetic message as something completely reliable, and you will do well to pay attention to it. The divinely inspired eyewitness testimony of those who saw Jesus' majesty. The Apostle Paul tells us in the Word that more than 500 people saw Jesus after his resurrection. We have the testimony of the Scriptures as a whole, all that they contain. You know, John tells us that Jesus did many miraculous things that weren't recorded in this book. But these, those that him and the other apostles did record for us by divine inspiration, these are written that you may believe. 
Just as Jesus came to Thomas to drive out that doubt and fear and bolster his faith, so he comes to us through the Word to do that very same work. In fact, that's ultimately the purpose of the revealed Word of God. To create faith in our hearts so that we might find life in Jesus. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ that crushes those doubts and fears and produces and maintains in us the kind of faith that the letter to the Hebrews describes. Faith that makes us sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. When Jesus held out his hands and pointed to his side for Thomas as evidence. We don't know if Thomas actually did reach out to touch or put his hand in the side. We don't know for sure that Jesus expected him to do that or even wanted him to do that. He'd showed him the proof. But when it comes to the evidence that God has given us in his word, he does want us to investigate it. Not just once or twice, but again and again, day after day. He wants us to search the Scriptures. He wants us to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. He wants us to look at His Word as that pure spiritual milk and crave it, so that by it we may grow up in our salvation. And as we do that, the Lord Jesus sends the Holy Spirit to convince us more and more that all that we find in His Word is true. We weren't there when God created the heavens and the earth in six days. But He tells us He did so. And so we know that it's true. Our fallen reason is never going to be able to comprehend things like the Trinity, the eternal nature of God, the two natures of Jesus, or even the resurrection from the dead. But God tells us in His Word that all these things are true. And so we know that they are. On a daily basis, we might find ourselves asking questions like, why God, when things seem to be going bad? Or, where are you, God, when things seem to be out of control? But when He comes to us and says that I'm working all these things for your good, that I have everything controlled in my powerful hands, crushes our doubts and fears, and bolsters our faith yet again. He brings us to that very same point that he brought Thomas, where we can make that brief but beautiful confession, my Lord, my God. You know, even though some are going to probably struggle with it more than others, at one time or another as we make our way through this sinful world, we're each going to be confronted with some doubts. So are these doubts a good thing for us? I'll put it this way. Jesus is at work every single day of our lives to drive these doubts from our hearts. Just like He did for Thomas, He comes to us through His Word with all its clarity, with all its certainty, with all its testimony, and with all its power. And He says to us as His children, Stop doubting and believe. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding 
Guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you.